Welcome to What's Your Beef? What's Your Beef is proudly supported by Suncorp Bank, helping local producers through the ups and downs since 1902. Each week we will introduce you to people working in the beef industry and some of the characters that help deliver the iconic event that is Beef Australia. Hello, welcome to What's Your Beef and I'm Jane Cudahy. For many property owners, the relationship with their bank manager is paramount. When they visit, chances are the lawn is freshly mown, the kettle is on and there's a decent smoker on offer. But the agribusiness sector is a tough one. There's big business, family business, huge debt, poor cattle prices and drought. They share the same stresses to a large degree and of course celebrate the victories. April Kavanagh is Suncorp's head of agribusiness. Based in regional Queensland, she knows only too well the challenges and triumphs of the beef industry. April, thanks so much for joining us. But firstly, thanks so much for supporting our podcast. I'm not going to lie, Suncorp's generous sponsorship and support has been amazing. Thanks, Jane. Uh, It's a real treat for us to be involved and I guess, uh, you know, just help educate, you know, not only ourselves but also the industry about where things can continue to to move towards. We're really excited to be a part of it. Thank you. And also means that I get to chat to all these wonderful people all the time too, which I'm personally very grateful for. Now, you're a long-term resident of Toowoomba, but that's not where you grew up, was it? No, that's right. So I'm from uh, Western New South Wales of the Outback, uh, Brewarina, which is a town of about 2,000 people, Jane. And uh, yeah, so so grew up, you know, certainly working with livestock, predominantly sheep, but a few cows. Um, and, uh, you know, grew up probably like most uh, people, from kids from the bush, uh, grew up fixing the fences and doing the mustering, you know, at any moment. And uh, being a family of four girls, we didn't have a boy, so we just all had to muck in help and, and get the job done for the survival of the family business, really. Um, so very much a hands-on nature sort of environment in my upbringing. Yeah, absolutely. And you were brought up, you single dad with, with your three sisters, as you said. So that's a bit of a McLeod's daughter's situation, but certainly <laughs> it would have set you up in a really unique way for for university and then a career. Yeah, that's that's right. I love, you know, people definitely think it's McLeod's daughters, which says it's kind of glamorous, but I guess we all know that, you know, the heat and the flies and the yeah. dust and all that sort of stuff, it's anything from glamorous, isn't it? Yeah, well, no, I get that uh, a lot too. Of... I've got three sisters and I think everyone, there's a few, been a few neighbourhood jokes about that too and you're like, yeah, of course, yeah. The neighbour flies over in a helicopter for Smoko all the time. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. And I guess, you know, losing my mum at, at a young age, not only were we in a nature environment, we sort of uh, were in an environment without a lot of nurture from a pretty young age. So we had to get up, get up early, work hard, um, and then got sent off to boarding school at a pretty young age. So certainly grew up with a pretty strong sense of independence and whatever barrier came our way, be it, you know, drought, um, whatever it was, just uh, find a way through it. Yeah, well, absolutely. And that work ethic, you know, you're renowned for that now. You've got a reputation that is a strong work ethic and a team player and some of the, it, quite a remarkable one. So, you know, how did that play into starting work as, as a bank in the banking sector? Following uni, I uh, just took a graduate position with a manufacturing company, actually, Jane, and after that, like most people, wanted to, um, you know, get over to the UK and see what the fun was over <laughs> about there. So I did that for a couple of years too. Um, and uh, on return, uh, my husband was offered a job in Sydney, actually, so we we turned up there and uh, did a bit of extra study, ended up with... Um, 
yeah, in a job there and, uh, yeah, and I guess just got to a point of um, in one of the banks uh, wanting to move from Sydney and, and get back closer to Brisbane, which sort of brought us nearly full cycle back to Brisbane. Um, and then at that point, having worked for Suncorp for, you know, five or six years, pretty flexibly while I had children, I had the opportunity to move to Toowoomba, which really was full circle because that's where I finished uh, boarding school um, and just saw that as a great opportunity to probably get back closer to certainly an area that I um, grew up in, which was ag, and uh, also, you know, just a great environment to um, bring up bring up kids Absolutely. as well, Jane. Absolutely. Well, Toowoomba's gorgeous. I love Toowoomba. Um, it reminds me of Launceston in a strange way, but anyway. yeah, it just takes a year to get used to, you know, with the cold. But once yeah. you're used to it, yeah, you can really enjoy the seasons, and certainly something that I never had growing up. Too many seasons, you know, we had a lot of yeah, exactly. a no, lot of hot seasons. I love mm. dressing for seasons too. Like well, obviously, I grew up in North Queensland, and we moved to Hobart, and I reckon that was my favourite thing. Was the you finally understood what four seasons were. Yes, exactly <laughs> right. The the leaves turn, you know, all yeah. that sort of sort of the signals of autumn and spring and stuff like that. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, look, you've been in the banking industry now for or finance industry for, for twenty years. What have you noticed in that time? A few, uh, probably like ag, a few seasons in terms of uh, ups and downs, and um, yeah, I think um, yeah, good good question, Jane. Um, I think with banking, particularly since uh, the Royal Commission, we've seen a bit of a, a shift towards, you know, consumer protection. But what does that mean? That things can can seem to be a bit harder to um, to get decisions made and stuff like that. But uh, that that certainly is an indica- indicative of the health of our financial system, of course, because we've never been in a better spot. But uh, I just I think yeah that things have certainly changed a bit since the Royal Commission, and now we're in banking. I think just trying to find our happy place around protecting the consumer while still enabling fast response. Yeah, absolutely, and we'll get into some of those uh, issues a bit further on. But I guess you know the banking sector has traditionally been a bit of a boys club have you felt like you've needed to break some glass ceilings in your position now a little bit I guess when I um, came into the the role in Toowoomba to start with you know I looked across the team and I saw one other female in our leadership group which, which was probably seven or eight people um, so I guess you know even just by virtue of the numbers um, yeah it was uh, that that was a different dynamic um, and I guess on so that's in you know looking at our business and and looking uh, you know at the customer relationship it was often that I'd just turn up and I'd talk to the to the man or, or you know it would be whoever the manager was that I was with that we'd just be talking to the farmer and not necessarily um you know the 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 wife or um, the the female uh, on the place who would often know a lot more about the business, given that they were often doing the books uh, and had a really uh, yeah in depth understanding of how the business was performing um, from that side of things. So yeah, I think you know on on a couple of levels that um, you know that that I've seen that that side of a change. And I think you know you brought up something really poignant because quite often, as you say, yeah, it is the the female doing the book work and that's a lot of the time um, undervalued. Do you think that there is a shift of rural businesses bringing women to the forefront and recognising more that the role that they play or is this a slow burn? 
I've certainly seen it change and, uh, you know, I probably have encouraged it, you know, to um, say, well, let's sit around the kitchen table with with everybody and, and talk about what we see happening. And, uh, it, and even, you know, it's funny, even at, you know, Christmas functions or whatever it is, it, you know, the ladies will often say to me, this is the first one I've ever been to and they could have been a customer for decades or generations. Um, so I think that that has certainly shifted. And uh, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know if there's any particular reason why that hasn't been the case, or just, you know, it wasn't wasn't uh, thought of before uh, now. So so I don't think it's necessarily a slow burn. I've seen it move quite quickly, actually, well, in the time great. I've been around. Yeah. And do you think it's, it's women valuing their own role too, and actually going, actually, I do know what I'm talking about. And I, you know, have a fair bit of when it comes you know comes down to it so are women sort of taking that on a bit more as well yeah um potentially i think uh certainly they do have a lot to to add in what they see from a different side of just what's happening out in the paddock um so i think yeah possibly that that um aspect of decision making around the business really uh, you know is benefited by a broader perspective which i think you know having everybody at the table brings have in an ideal situation, like if you have your perfect agribusiness customer, what is the relationship like or should be between uh, a bank and, you know, a, a customer? Yeah, I mean, I think um, definitely a level of trust and um, I guess that sort of comes from being through the seasons, good and bad, and understanding that there's a bank beside you good, through the good and the bad. And, uh, you know, I can certainly understand from my own family experience why, uh, you know, you feel the need to mow the grass. And I had to laugh when you uh, said that too because that <laughs> just happened on Friday for me in Gundawindi, which, you know, bless them, came from a really good spot. Um, so, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, just that level of trust of here's what's what's really going on um, and also here's, here's what we need to, to get through. Um, you know this tough tough spot through through uh, a drought or whatever it is that that's um, that's really what underpins anyway. And then you know or or just openness around I want to buy the place next door or whatever it is. The more you're sort of talking to your bank about it, the more ready they're going to be to go there with you when you need them to. So I kind of uh, there's kind of nothing worse than ringing the bank and they don't know what you're up to or, yeah. or what you're thinking. And then that that means you can't bid for the place as fast as what you'd like or, or whatever it is. So um, I'd say really it's, you know, just having that open relationship. Yeah, and if things are actually going pear-shaped, there'd be nothing worse than a panicked call going, oh, my God, I can't make this payment or blah, 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 um, yeah. instead of, you know, flagging early that things are starting to look shaky. And I think people, that's hard to do. That's that, I feel like that's a learned skill. Mm, yeah, just uh, being a little bit vulnerable potentially, Jane, around... Yeah. Uh, what's really happening and uh you know you know I'm from the bush most of my team are so we can all see what's happening so it's not you know it's not going to come as a surprise to you know any banker really who's in touch with their customer that a district is hitting hitting a bad spot and that people are going to need help so if anything uh you know they're expecting it anyway yeah Absolutely. And I guess, you know, you talked about the, the strength of, of rural industry and, and the beef industry at the moment and, and absolutely. But arguably after the commission, it is one of the toughest periods to get a start in the rural property market, especially as a young person. What do you say to those who would like desperate to make a go of things, but it's looking pretty daunting? Yeah. Uh, yeah, isn't it? And I guess that's um, 
something that we certainly want to see is just more people come into the industry and, and the next generation as well being supported to, um, you know, take over their place or, or get ahead. I'd really say think outside the box and that maybe getting a start doesn't have to look like taking on a bank loan for millions of dollars. Whether or not you could get that, that's great. But, um, you know, that it could be starting smaller with potentially just leasing a place or vendor finance or um, going and working on a place and then uh, chatting to the owner about, you know, am I such a great worker that, you know, you'll help me um, go into a place. You know, mm. I, I guess we just see um, sponsorship arrangements like that. We just see all different sorts of um, the next generation coming through. But certainly we'd love to see some more and help some more uh, customers get through. Uh, one one person in my team is actually working with Cultivate Farms, which is pretty interesting uh, arrangement to try and help private investors um, connect with those people who want to get a start on the land as well. So, oh, cool. Right. Yeah. And so, as you said, you know, think outside the box and, and it doesn't have to be so daunting. What are some of the other examples, you know, because uh, ultimately everybody wants to own their own patch of dirt. Like I feel like that's, you know, a given, but it is out of reach for many. So do you find that people are come, who come to that realisation that it might be out of touch can be, you know, just as happy doing something else? Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it, it's just so buoyant at the moment, isn't it, Jane, that, um, you know, the the property prices from what we hear from uh, HWR valuers, they're saying property prices have gone up 25% in the last year and probably doubled in the last three to five years. So, um, certainly the, the cost of entry is um, increasing and from from that point of view that, uh, yeah, that, that it's really going to draw on people to be thinking differently about how they make a start if they're not given a place um, through a succession plan. And so what are the challenges for the rural banking sector in the next little while? We've heard a lot about sustainability, what that is, yeah. how that plays into, you know, some of these financial conversations. So what does that look yeah. like from your side of the desk? Yeah, I wonder if sustainability took a little bit of a backseat during COVID, um, Jane, almost to our benefit that through COVID we've had a newfound sort of respect or appreciation for consumers about, um, you know, putting food on the table every night uh, through, <laughs> you know, the uh, the shutdowns and stuff like that. So and the fact that everyone's uh, seedlings didn't survive, all of them at once, yeah. <laughs> That's right. So, you know, I guess what are we seeing right now? Probably the beef industry really enjoying a, a moment in the sun and a really well-deserved moment in the sun in terms of uh, confidence in the sectors, commodity prices, um, property values, like I said, interest rates are going to be low till 2024. Uh, and, uh, you know, hopefully the La Nina pattern coming through, as they're sort of saying, that's still higher than average rainfall for the next three months. So, uh, yeah, so what does that look like for us from the future? And I think, you know, while I said about the consumer during COVID, uh, that we just have to keep looking, uh, listening to the consumer about what, what their expectations are or what they eat um, and sustainability being pretty key one that's emerging quite quite quickly, I think. <laughs> we yeah. went on the back burner for a bit, but now here we are. And uh, again, um, for beef, being able to tell our story about our clean, green, mm. <laughs> it's never been a better time to be able to tell the Australian beef story about how how healthy um, and I, uh, certainly in China, you know, they're, they're asking, oh, where does this meat come from, uh, you know, um, and that's that the Aussie beef is a very attractive offering uh, in that market as well. But I think we need to continue to evolve with the times, particularly around uh, sustainability. 
Yeah, and do you think there's still the, like the term sustainability is still open to interpretation a bit? Do you think we need to sort of define it a bit more before it sort of becomes ingrained in some of these systems? Yeah, you're really onto it, something there, Jane. And uh, I guess we're all kind of looking the federal budget, um, what what's announced around soil carbon. You know, is that the next um, sustainability initiative that we're all, um, you know, getting around and uh, you know, just what does sustain? Is that is that improved pastures? Is that uh, you know? Is, so what is is that more trees? Is that better soil? You know, just how do we um, try and give uh, essentially a whole bunch of small businesses? Uh, you know, Suncorp being a really big corporate, we're we're dealing essentially with small businesses or, or fa- families who still work on the farm who don't have nearly you know, the amount of people in a head office to come up with a plan, you know, uh, than, what, than what we do as a big corporate. So it's just how do we give people really tangible stuff to be able to progress towards uh, a more sustainable business. I sort of touched a little bit just before on, on the role of storytelling too, and I, we've heard a lot on this podcast from all parts of our industry about the importance of that and, and consumers really wanting to know exactly what they're eating and where it comes from and who grew it and everything else. Do you see the same sort of thing from the, from the finance sector as well? Potentially, Jane. And I guess even if I reflect on the, the North Queensland recovery stuff and, uh, you know, I'm heading up to Cloncurry in a couple of weeks just to talk about as we recover from the drought or the flood or whatever it is, how do we all just look at what's just happened and and learn from it and, you know, tell those stories but tell those stories, you know, with learnings at the end of it. So, um, yeah, I think that that's equally as important important for us as a sector as well to tell the story of how we made it through that tough time and how then we were able to go on and, you know, help expand into the next property or, or whatever it was yeah. Um, you know, that was important to the customer. And be, it's sort of transparency as well. Everything catches up with you these days. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> okay, so look, I'm not. I'm going to be blatantly honest um, and tell you that I did do a little bit of online stalking of you before this interview because <laughs> that's just what I do apparently. But I have come across quite a number of amazing stories and I guess, you know, you've done some really amazing work with the Toowoomba Hospital Foundation following what was actually a really traumatic incident you yeah that's right um so you know as the head of ag um you know we have uh, branches across australia we go as high as um richmond in in northwest queensland up your way and as far south as uh Warrnambool and across to adelaide so inevitably like a lot of country people i spend a lot of time on the road and uh, this one time i was only 15 k's from home after a couple of thousand you know car trip uh, mm. to see a bunch of people and uh, yeah the car in front of us um, hit a motorcycle rider who was coming the other way you know he just got the wobbles up coming around a corner mm. and uh, on impact uh, yeah you know he went one way and the uh, bike went the other way mm. and as did one of his legs so oh you goodness. know that was really traumatic thing to come across on a Saturday morning when I was just looking forward to getting home mm. uh, and seeing my kids and, you know, we didn't think that he would make it, but uh, we were there for 12 minutes on the side of the road before an ambulance came. And, uh, you know, he still had his helmet on too, so we couldn't even see how old he was or anything like that. But uh, I guess in that moment we just did what most people would do. We jumped out of the car, called the ambulance and, uh, you know, just tried to reassure him and uh telling him everything was going to be okay so I guess uh you know that was a pretty traumatic uh incident albeit 
you know, I'm no other people have come across the same. Oh, no, you and, can't compare uh, <laughs> these things. Like that, that's a trauma and that's yours So and, and his. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah so, but you didn't just leave it there. You carried it further, which is, you know, amazing. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I guess um, that's uh, – so, so his name is Zach and he's just a young fellow here in town, uh, 21. And, uh, yeah, I'm probably biased, but if we're going to save anyone, I reckon he was a really good kid kid to save um and uh so we've sort of put our heads together and said okay what can we do to help uh you know what was your recovery journey like what do we need more regionally and he certainly said reflected on his time in in rehab he actually ended up in the dementia unit here in town uh while he was in rehab as a 21 year old you can't even believe it um so what what, why because he'd had memory loss or because there wasn't a a specific place for him following that kind of trauma that's right. They just he, he he went to Brisbane. He wanted to come back to Toowoomba, and that's uh, the ward that they put him in. You know, uh, a couple of months after his accident, but he still needed rehab. So uh, anyway, so we sort of put our heads together and said, well, how do we, you know, for young people or anyone who's gone through such a trauma, how do we uh, make that better next time around for people who've had road accidents or farm accidents or whatever it is? And uh, yeah, we've. Um, with the support of the Hospital Foundation, raised over $160,000 for a rehab garden, and that wow. essentially helps people, uh, you know, learn how to do things like get out of the car, hang the washing on the line, you know, all those yeah. sort of rehab activities that people who have been through um, serious accidents just need to relearn as they re-engage with life. So um, I guess, yeah, Zach, being fortunate enough to do that, but, uh, yeah, it's just so rewarding to be able to write, you know, our own ending to a really sort of traumatic uh, start anyway. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the fact that it now is going to benefit the whole community and raised awareness of that sort of thing is is incredible as well. So well done. Thank you. I guess the other thing that I, I needed to bring up because I just love it, uh, there is a Queensland uh, clothing brand um, that has named a shirt after you and their shirts are so vibrant and beautiful that it's actually quite an amazing honour. So <laughs> what did you make of that when... Um, when uh, Antola Trading decided that there was going to be an April shirt. Yeah, I mean, just very humbled, of course, Jane. Um, you know, I'm just a kid from the bush too who, uh, yeah, who, uh, you know, never thought of myself as particularly special. But uh, I guess what they were trying to achieve was just showcasing the various uh, roles in agriculture um, to, you know, really role model that as a career path, you know, particularly for, for women. Uh, and yeah, when they asked me to to be the one for the finance one, that was just a real buzz. So, so how many April shirts do you own now, April? <laughs> <laughs> I do consider just buying for a one for uh, every member of my family. <laughs> yeah, that would be. Yeah, you should totally do. Uh, that. I feel. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I'd have tickets on myself if I wore it too much. But when I head up to North Queens, I'll, I'll definitely be wearing it. Um, uh, and I, uh, I, I you think know, be just <laughs> There's a lot to be said for a good paddock shirt um, and uh, I just say that it's just beautiful quality shirt and, uh, yeah, that regardless of the story that it's, yeah, it's very practical too. Do they, do they, uh, did they ask you to be part of the design of it? Did you get to pick colours and stuff too or did they just go, here you go, this is your shirt? Uh, uh, um, they sent us a series of 12 and, yeah, I think amongst the ladies we just picked a different ones each. So, 
Right, good. No, well, look, mm. full disclosure, I have a few. I think they're fantastic as well. Yeah, you like them? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Really do. do you know what I mean, though? In yeah. The like, they're just, you know, they're just really breathable material. No, I, lo- I love them. Anyway, we're going to, mm. yeah, we've gone off track and I'll get in trouble for <laughs> Now, I, I, you know, we're here because of Beef Australia and I've already um you know, noted one of the many ways that Suncorp is involved with the event and being, you know, the main sponsor of our podcast. Thank you very much. Um, what else is on the radar for Beef 21 for you? It was a really funny beef, Jane, I have to say, with the COVID thing. We just wasn't sh- weren't sure how it was all going to transpire. So we thought You're a little bit alone. outside the box in terms of getting <laughs> around the podcast, you know, the podcast and that still being a way to educate people even who couldn't get there. So, mm. um, and I guess probably having a bit of an education theme for us this year. So we're also sponsoring the Suncorp Schools Program um, and that giving an opportunity for young kids to, um, yeah, to to really um, see, see and understand understand some more about the industry that as well so I'm, I'm really huge like I, yes. last beef there were there were hundreds of kids it was amazing and some of the it was so interactive which was I just loved it yeah that's right yeah great awesome okay well I'm really looking forward to that oh you haven't seen it in action the schools the schools program I, I, it, I guess last time was, it, that wasn't a particular focus yeah, for me. I saw them exactly. certainly out there, but yeah, now time this time I'm a lot more invested. Yeah, no, <laughs> so. exactly, and it's very easy to do because beef's so enormous. You sort of yes. you have your schedule and you put your head down and you try not to see anyone in the meantime because you've just got to get like I get I get it. But no, the skills <laughs> program was a was a terrific one to put your hat in the ring for. And I guess personally, you know, obviously you're there in a in a fairly professional. Um, sense for the week but personally what do you look for and look forward to yeah it's been a long time since we've seen a lot of people so you know certainly connecting and and the networking and uh with with our team as well for them to give them you know that opportunity to um with Suncook crew that I'll be there with um, but I just have to say, Jane, I've got a bit of a soft spot for the next generation coming through and I'm just really looking forward to just seeing some more of how they're thinking and and uh, some of the innovation stuff as well. Absolutely. There's a, there's a lot there in both of those sectors. Now, I, everyone who's come on here has been asked the same question and you will, you, you will be the same. Um, your favourite cut of beef. Do you, you know, you've got three young sons, so I'm assuming <laughs> that you go through a fair bit of food anyway. But um, you know, you're also a very busy woman. So what are you what are you cooking for them of an evening when you're like I'm imagining your hours are terrible. Well, I I know that you won't judge me, Jane, having young kids either. No. So um, we know. go through a lot of mince in our house, <laughs> spaghetti bolognese, um, and uh, you know my husband does a beautiful cut on the uh, on the Barbie, and he works actually at a butcher shop. So we're, oh my goodness, uh, privileged to get some beautiful stuff from there. But if it's me, uh, generally it's the slow cooker on the weekend um, and probably cooking a, you know, a brisket or something like that for, uh, I have to say, we've got a bit of a soft spot as a family for enchiladas or something Mexican. So, oh, right. um, yeah, so it's kind of easy. You chuck it on and you come back hours later and it's beautiful. So yeah. minimal fuss. That sounds perfect. Mm. And then, you know, I'd imagine your weekends are pretty crazy too with sports again and three young boys. So slow cookers would work. Perfectly. Definitely. That's right. And three hungry, growing boys too, Jane. So. <laughs> the best way to be, I think that's Yes, great. keep them keep them fed and te- keep them worn out. Actually, one of my aunties had four sons and um, they got to be wow. so independent that they started cooking. She'd get me like bulk mints 
but they started cooking it um, when they came home from school but before she got home from work. So she'd come home thinking she had all this stuff to cook for tea and it had already been cooked and eaten and she had an empty fridge. So she ended up padlocking it. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> oh, starving I need some boy. tips from her. That is impressive. <laughs> she, for a kindergarten teacher, she can be pretty brutal. <laughs> Anyway, April Kavanagh, it was absolutely a delight to speak to you today and we look forward to catching up at Beef 21. Beef Australia is proudly supported by our principal partners. Thanks to the Australian Government Department of Agriculture, Water and the Environment, the Queensland Government, Meat and Livestock Australia and the Rockhampton Regional Council. Thanks for listening. You can hit subscribe to make sure you don't miss any of our episodes. And if you are enjoying listening to the show, we would appreciate a quick rating and review. Visit beefaustralia.com.au for more information on this great event.